yes, 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 people! Welcome to a new episode of Echoes from the Goddamn Void! <laughs> Yo, I have to say, I um I remember going to um one of the very early wireless festivals and I got to see the white stripes and I was so good that it was so great. It was so great. And um yeah, shortly after, I think the next year, that's when they kind of split. So I was so happy that I got to see them live. It was awesome. And then the same motherfucking night, I got to see the so the Queen of the Stone Age, who I knew the White Stripes. I didn't know the Queen of the Stone Age. And god damn, that was awesome. That was all like since I've seen Jack White and I've seen Queens, um, you know, a, a couple more times, and um, then the spin off, you know what I mean? Um, ugh, I forget the name of the uh, of, of the group, but I saw them, man. But god damn, yo, seeing Stripes live, that was incredible. That was an experience, that's what it's all about. You know what I mean? Those moments when you get to feel that thing when you realize your life has been transformed. You know what I mean? That you've suddenly absorbed a new code. You know what I mean? You've leveled up, right? And, and, And every time you hear that music, Right, you 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 get that essence of that moment, and you're just goddamn happy and thankful. Man, I love those moments. Right, it's incredible. It's awesome. Woo! But people, but you know what I mean? Life ain't all that. Sometimes life be crazy. And uh, sometimes you hear certain people talk and you're like What the fuck is that motherfucker saying? You're you're just like, I don't understand And um (laughs) So the BBC is a huge thing over it over in the UK You know, they've got TV stations They've got radio You know But it's meant to be You know, public service It's meant to be free and all of that Uh, So they've now got a new director general The old one, who was a dick he, He left And we've got a new one stepping in Called Tim Davis Tim Davis No, Tim Davey Ah, I see There is no S at the end of his name Tim Davey Huh. Yo, you know what I mean? This is a tangent, but I knew a kid. Um, yo, I knew a kid at my school, right? Uh, <laughs> his surname was Davy. Had a brother, and um, yeah, I like to you know, hang out at his yard a few times, right? And um, I remember his dad was a huge train spotting fan, and. 
it was just like, <laughs> I just remember being like, yo, what? <laughs> like, huh? What trains? And I, I remember trying to, because you know what I mean? You don't want to be disrespectful as a little kid, but I remember just, I remember asking one time, and oh, fuck. Trying to keep a straight motherfucking face. It, it was, yo, it was hard. Later found out that motherfucker was having an affair with some other chick who um, was a train spotting weirdo too. Just weird and crazy. Weird and crazy. His mum was nice. I liked his mum. You know what I mean? Liked his mum. His brother was fine too. His brother was cool. You know what I mean? This kid, he was a little two-faced. You know what I mean? Like we hung. It was fine. But yeah, he was a little two-faced. It's all good though. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the fun shit that happens when you're a kid, man. But, yo, that was a side tangent, wasn't it? Side tangent? Is a tangent a side thing? Or, um... Uh, anyway, who gives a fuck? But this motherfucker, right? He's come on board. And, um... <laughs> he He's now trying to impose social media guidelines on the staff. And he's like, this motherfucker, like, he's just come out and he's like, I'm, I will be prepared to sack staff if they don't do this. And it's just like, what are you doing? You know, like, there's so many other more important things you could talk about straight out the gate. But this to be the hill you die on? Really? Like really, it's crazy, and the 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 weird thing is, is the BBC is not impartial. It's this weird thing they keep on trying to claim that they're this impartial entity, and they straight up are not. Like you you look at the way they cover news, they the information they share, it's not impartial. <laughs> but yeah, they, they they always want to put out these weird statements that they're not And so the kind of thing is that, um, you know, their presenters can no longer talk on politics Right, and, and you're just like, what are you doing? Like, what, I think as long as someone isn't being disrespectful, just let them fucking talk yeah, that should be the thing, right? Like, don't be disrespectful. If you're going to talk on something, it has to be based in facts. You can't just be like, I hate that person. You can be like, I don't believe that the policy on, you know, gay marriage or abortion or whatever, whatever. I don't think that was fair. You know, I don't think that was just, I think that could be problematic Saying something like that, that's, that's nothing, man That's nothing You know, it's just, oh, it's this weird thing that you're like, yeah um, I'm going to sax off He always say, the funny, one of the funniest things Was he, he went and spoke in the House of Commons, right? One of the funniest things this jumped up motherfucker said was, um, I'll take him off Twitter. You know what I mean? I'll ban him from Twitter. And it's just like, you, you 
can't do that. <laughs> you don't have the power to ban someone off Twitter, you fucking twerp. What are you talking about? God damn. Wouldn't they say power corrupts and corrupts powerly? Actually, I don't know what that expression is. I've just realized. But it's something about power fucking people up and going to people's heads. It's clearly done it to this little fool. Yeah, it is crazy. Crazy. Like, what are you talking about, son? Concentrate on the real shit. You mean concentrate on the real shit? But uh, yeah, I've just thought it is funny. It's insane. But people, trust me, we have got some meat on the bone today. So let us get to it and um, enjoy the uh, enjoy the rambles, people. Enjoy the motherfucking rambles. Let's get going. Boop boop. I don't know what that was. So let's be honest, I don't know, in my head, I think I was going to say something profound, something great, something like a great little sign off, and I don't know what boom boom is, um, so yeah, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's continue, shall we? <laughs> let's fucking go. <laughs> okay, so. It is really laughable, this whole Uber situation in London. Now, luckily, right, they are being awarded a new license to operate, which is a good thing. Uh, you know, the license will run for 18 months. So it does mean that they will most likely have to go through this inane process once again, of TFL trying to block them in the city, and I think everyone knows, right, that, that people are trying to say that they are not fit for purpose, right, and that, I, I mean, listen, they tried to claim that 24 drivers shared their accounts with um, 20 other people, right? They said it was a glitch in the system which allowed other people to upload their photo to a licensed driver's account, right? And listen, so Uber have fixed that, but to use that as an example to say why they can't you know, have a license is ridiculous Because if we think about it, right How many <laughs> And we've heard the stories You know, people in black cabs You know, have committed crimes And then it's found that Oh, it's not actually their cab You know, they borrowed it Or they stole it Or something, something, something that I think it's it's so just transparent this whole situation is a con <laughs> you know it's the um you know the taxi association TFL make money from them they are 
paying and lobbying. It's the same with fucking Sadiq Khan. They're all crooked. Because they're not holding any other transport provider to the same, you know, heights <laughs> which they are of Uber. Because, hey, I think everyone can, you know, just look at the situation and say, look, trains are late all the time. Trains are late all the time. Sometimes the service is terrible. But to lose, you know, to lose a license as a train provider, you know, it just doesn't really happen. Like, they took... You know, Richard Branson's license away, even though their their service was better than a lot of the others. Yo, it's real fucking crooked. Yo, uh, there's again black cabs. They're not great, right? W- w- there have been so many accounts of attacks and rapes in black cabs. But no one really does anything about that. Yo, it's the same with just normal minicaps. Right? What are you doing to regulate that service? At least, you know, with Uber, you can track it on your phone. So you know exactly when they've arrived. You know when they've arrived. You know, you can see their... Uh, you know, license plate, right, there's, there's a lot of mechanisms built in for you to know, okay, that's my, that's my Uber, right, yep, that's the driver, yep, license plate is right, so there's a load of occasions that you hear people will walk out of somewhere and say, um, Oh, are you my cab? And so, yeah, 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 I'm your cab. They get in. It wasn't their cab. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's just not that safety mechanism in place. So you can say, oh, and listen, I, you know, in this, I'm not saying Uber is a perfect organization. You know, obviously, there is probably a lot of stuff they need to work on. You know, granted. But if you're going to set these parameters and you're going to say, right, you know, you have to meet all of these, you need to provide this evidence, you have to do all of this, then you have to do the same with everyone. It has to be a level playing field and it clearly isn't. It clearly isn't. You know, the judge could see what these little crooks are doing, you know, so he gave them a license. But it is hilarious just, you know, what these little grimy motherfuckers are trying. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, Khan begrudgingly acknowledged that they'd made improvements But it's like, oh, I can assure Londoners that TfL will continue to closely monitor Uber and will not hesitate to take swift action should they fail to meet the strict standards required to protect passive... Fuck you, Sadiq Khan, you slimy piece of shit. 
Because you're not saying that about anyone else. Anyone throwing your little, you know what I mean? Some cash in your dirty pockets. It's a joke. All of this shit is a joke. Right? They, they, the, the system is broken. It really is. You know, they, they just need to tear it down, start again. You know, just make everyone with the same accountabilities. Do that. You know, because, yeah, who else is he saying this shit? He ain't saying this about anyone else, any of these other providers. It's crazy. You know, you, you, you like... The bikes aren't safe Right If you're talking about safety Make everyone that rents a bike Have a helmet Do that It's a simple thing Same with the fucking scooters But he doesn't care about the safety All of these little Oh yeah the London safe Londoners want Uber <laughs> Yeah you crazy motherfucker Oh, it's insane. It's insane. But yeah, they they got it through. So it's cool for a little while. And we will see what games are played the next time the license needs to be renewed, right? So in um the latest Empire magazine, uh Sienna Miller. You know, she did an interview, and in that interview, you know, she talks about, um, you know, the pay issue in Hollywood uh, when it comes to actors and actresses, right? And look, some of it, yes, is down to recognition, you know, name, but I think we have also seen... With um, people who are at the same level Sometimes they don't always get the same pay Now, you have to kind of think to yourself Some of it, I would say, is down to bad negotiation But some of it clearly is down to bullshit from the studios You know, because we've seen... um, You know, minority actors and actresses get paid less You know, there's just a whole lot of craziness in Hollywood Which people don't want to acknowledge You know, or they come out with bullshit like the Oscars and the Emmys With, oh, to win an Oscar, we'll now ask it, shut up Right? It's stupid So, Miller tells his story of how When she filmed 21 Bridges you know, with Chadwick Boseman, um, he was a producer in the film, as well as starring in it, and he came and, you know, asked her to, you know, be the lead with him, you know, he, he sought her out because he liked her work, he thought she was a great actress, and um, when he realised that, you know, she wasn't going to get paid, the the price which she'd asked He took a pay cut To ensure that she got that And would do the film Now That 
is like that's crazy right it's crazy and she herself says um fuck what did she say <laughs> like uh, that kind of thing just doesn't happen you know it, it it's just like people don't do that you know and she says that um you know, it's just unfathomable to imagine another man in that town behaving that graciously or respectfully. And the thing is, right, so they filmed, what, the film, two, three years ago? It came out last year, I think. Um, but she's only saying this shit now. Like, after he's dead. And you do kind of wonder If he hadn't have died Would she even have Said this And that And so it's like Why Like why are you telling this story You know if you didn't want to tell it Before Why are you telling it now Like is it so Oh look I've got this cool story Oh <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, what, what, what's, what's your purpose? What's your purpose? Because the thing, it would have been big to tell it at the time, when he's alive. You know what I mean? Just be like, yo, I just want to point out that this motherfucker over here, he did this for me. And that's huge. That's fucking huge. Right? So, hey, I'm not asking for anything or saying, but I'm just saying... Bozeman did this huge act for me And it's crazy And I appreciate it Hey, do that Do that But you didn't You didn't So I'm baffled I'm really just baffled Because this, you know What's it do? Like, what's it do? Yeah, if, if you're you know, like she's not, as far as I'm aware, not even trying to do a campaign to change the pay situation, to realign studios in their thinking. So, why are you telling this story? Yari, what's the purpose here? Right? Because. I, I, it kind of seems that it, it's just a self little promotional shit for yourself. Because my man's dead. You know? And it, like, I think everyone knows Bozeman was a, a stand up motherfucker. So, like, yeah, this makes people go, oh, that was great. That was great. But he was already held in that high regard. Regardless of this <laughs> You know what I'm saying So Why Miller Wagwan You know what I mean uh, That's what You know I just wonder People do these weird things And Yeah I, I, I think you have to wonder You know Because yeah, the purpose isn't always really as a uh, 
you know, a thanks. So, um, yeah, I find it odd. I find it odd. Alright, so um, Lizzo is not happy, right? She recently came out, um, yeah, pissed. But she thinks that, um, you know, body positivity has been commercialised by the mainstream. You know, she thinks that um, a lot of people that are, you know, saying body positive and using a hashtag and whatnot don't need it. You know what I mean? Who are just smaller people, smaller women, right? She says, you know, smaller framed girls, curvier girls. Yeah, that is what she is saying. Which, oh my god, is some crazy ass shit, I kind of feel, like, she's like, the people who, um, it should be about, uh, aren't benefiting from, you know, this body positivity push, right, and, yeah, I don't know, man, I find this all, it's a weird conversation to have, right, it just seems crazy, um, she's now, like, ugh, you know, now she's just like, it would be lazy, you know, just to say I'm body positive, and that the next step is to normalise bigger bodies. I would like to be body normative. I want to normalise my body and not just be like, ooh, look at this cool movement. Being fat is body positive. No, being fat is normal. I think now I owe it to the people who started this to not just stop here. We have to make people uncomfortable again so that we can continue to change. Change is always uncomfortable, right? This is such an insane thing to be just going on about. It's kind of ridiculous. You know, listen, yeah, we like, you know, shaming people is not good. It's not good. You know, so someone's walking down the road, you'd be like, oh, my God, look at the side. No, 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 no. Don't do that. You know what I mean? And don't just be nasty and mean. You know what I mean? Like, hey, if someone asks you out and be like, oh, no. Have you have you looked at yourself? Or I don't date fatties. You know what I mean? That kind of shit. That, yeah, that's fucked up. But but now some people need it. Right? Like I I think some people don't even realise that oh maybe they've been, you know. Hitting the food, like slacking on the exercise, and be like, "Yo, um, 
Steve, have you, uh, you know, take a look in the mirror? Like, what's going on? A little depressed? What's happening, man? You kind of slipping a little. And you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, you're right. Oh, I'm going to get back on the gym. Yeah, boom. Like, some people need that. But also, come on. Who are we trying to kid? It's not healthy, right? It isn't healthy. So, although we don't want to shame people, right? But we also don't want to try and act like, yeah, good on you. Way to go. You weigh 40 pounds. Yay. No. (laughs) Like, it's not healthy. And, you know, there's so many things attached to it. Like diabetes, cancer. You know, just a couple. Right? Which I'm sure people don't want. No one wants to be diabetic. Now, if you are, you learn to cope with it, but you'd rather not be. You know what I mean? No one wants cancer. It's not really a fun thing to get. Also, let's, you know, just think about right now. You know what I mean? Everyone says, like, if you are healthy, your chances of you know, being really hit hard or even dying of the coronavirus are drastically taken down, you know? Now, you might not know you've got a underlying immune deficiency or something like that, but if you're doing everything that you can to, um, you know, be healthy, and healthy doesn't mean ripped. I'm sorry. It's not saying that you would need to, um, you know, have a six pack, be size zero. No, healthy is just that. Be healthy, you know? And, and, and yeah, if you are obese, if you are huge, that then puts you at greater risk of getting the, you know, coronavirus and possibly dying, you know, or really being hit fucking hard. So, that's a fact. So, who the fuck are we kidding? Because this is the thing, you can jump around, you can go, yeah, I'm Buzzy Positive, look at me, yay. But, You know what I mean? If you want to do that, if you want to do that, then you don't go running to the doctors when you're ill and be like, you need to fix me. I think I've got corona or I think I might have cancer. Fuck you. Fuck you. Hey, you you wanted to slack off. You didn't you wanted to just stuff everything in your fucking face. You made that choice. So you know what I mean? You you can't then expect everyone to drop everything to save your motherfucking life. 
Get in the queue, son. Get in the fucking queue. So, listen. This is a ridiculous argument. Right? It's a ridiculous argument. Fat isn't better. No, it's not better. Let's stop kidding ourselves. It's not good. It's not good. And when I say fat, I mean excess. I mean crazy, huge, big. We're not going to shame you, but maybe think to yourself, am I doing all I can? Am I really living a healthy lifestyle? You know, when it is crazy hot in the summer, are you, you know, like... Oh, might need to put on some extra deodorant. You know what I mean? If you are, hey, think on that. Think on that, right? So, um, stop with your fucking little hashtags. You know what I mean? It's ridiculous. And think about your health, people. Think about the motherfucking health. Alright, so, Lewis Hamilton... Ah, Lewis fucking Hamilton. He is, um, you know, he has now set up the Hamilton Commission. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. Oh, right, so, um, basically, it's a group set up to analyse the causes of a lack of diversity in Formula One, right, now, Hamilton is leading the group, of course, <laughs> with Dr. Hayatun Silin, who is the chief executive of the Royal Academy of Engineering, you know, also, um, part of the group is Tracy Crouch, who was the ex-McLaren Formula One, um, no, sorry, she was the, um, ex-sports minister, also, you've got, um, Martin Whitmarsh, who, he was the ex-McLaren Formula One boss, um, and then you have uh, Professor Alice Gast. Um, you've got Chi Onwa, who is the president of Imperial College London. Um, I am a moron. I'm a moron, people. And I can't read. No, Alex Glass is the president of the Imperial. It's so it's the way it's been written. It's very confusing. Yes, she is the president of fucking Imperial College London, and Chia Onwa is a Labour MP for Newcastle upon Time. Ugh, god damn it! I'm an arsehole. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a few other people in the commission. It's 14 deep, right? <sighs> so, this is the problem I have with all of this. 
Hamilton has been, you know, he's been in Formula One for a long ass time. You know what I mean? He's been doing this for ages. And yeah. You know, he is, you know, the first and only black driver. You know what I mean? So what the fuck? <laughs> it it like it's not a surprise. And let's let's be real. Hamilton he basically came out the gate just winning everything. So it's not like he's a six-time world fucking champion. It's not like he didn't have power. Hamilton has had a lot of fucking power in Formula One. And like power is influence. Right? The reason Hamilton got into Formula One, because... A rich white guy helped sponsor him. He knows how he got into this shit. So it's really just ingenuous for him to be like, oh, where's everyone else? When you know, like, it was a struggle for you. You know you were lucky for, like, the dude to come and, like, see that you're talented and take you in. So, why are you acting like this is some big fucking shock? Formula One has always been a predominantly white sport. It is what it is. Like, I, uh, who are we trying to fucking kid here? I think, what, there's one woman driver, you know, and I think in the past there was a woman that was a a test driver, so she could have got called up to, you know, the main squad if anything happened, but like, come on, we all know what the fucking landscape is, but you did nothing, You did nothing until now, until this year, until your race is basically the number one topic. Now you're all like, ah, I want a whole Black Lives Matter, you know, demonstrations before every fucking race. I'm wearing a T-shirt. I'm doing all of this. Look at me. Because what were you doing to try and progress this shit before this? You know what I mean? Before 2020, what were you doing? Now, hey, maybe you were doing shit behind the scenes and I don't know, right? That could be a thing. And if it is, I apologize, Lewis. You know what I mean? I fully apologize. Maybe you were. But I just had never recalled hearing you talk about this and talk about it in a way where you know you're trying to get shit changed I mean like you could have set up the commission ages ago why now you know what I'm saying this is my issue with this you know like 
It's not a new fucking topic. <sighs> you know, and, and when you, you know, Hamilton says shit like, you know, what is more concerning is that there are still very few people of colour across the sport as a whole. In Formula One, our teams are much bigger than the athletes that front them. But representation is insufficient across every skill set. From the garage to the engineers in the factories and the design departments. Change isn't coming quickly enough and we need to know why. This is why I wanted to set up the commission and I'm proud to be working with the Royal Academy of Engineering. And our incredible board of commissioners to identify the barriers facing young black people to take up science, technology, engineering and maths careers in motorsport. We are dedicated to this cause and together we will make a change. It's all good talk, but it's all stuff that could have been done years ago. Like... What kind of things, like, what were there ever conversations? Did you ever talk to any of your teams and be like, I mean, why am I the only black driver? Have you ever wondered that? Like, I don't even see any black engineers in the garage or what's going on? We need to change this shit. You know, how many times have you gone to like racetracks? And looked for black talent. How many times have you done that? You know, it was done for you. Have you paid it forward? Have you done that shit? Like, that's my thing. What you, you, you talk about this, but what have you done to help forward it? To turn around, reach down that ladder and help the next motherfucker up? That's what I would like to know, Lewis. That's what I'd like to know, you know. And when you say things, because it's like, what, Mercedes, instead of having their cars, the traditional silver, they painted them black. Right? You painted them black. And when Hamilton says, oh, this is an important statement. We are willing to change and improve as a business. Fuck off. Changing the colour of a car means nothing. It means no no one looks at that. Like, you know what I mean? If someone just switched on the TV and saw um, some Formula One on, and, uh, you know, the announcer's like, and uh, Mercedes are in the lead. Look at the way Hamilton takes the corner. You know, th that person isn't going to look and see. Wait, hold on. Mercedes cars... Weren't they used to be silver? I'm assuming that because it's black, that's a big statement on them looking to push forward diversity and inclusion within the sport of motor. No. No one's going to think that. Stop with the bullshit. Just stop it. You know, and when Mercedes say that, you know, they their workforce... Is like 3% 3% as belonging to a minority ethnic group And only 12% of you, you know, their employees are women 
This isn't new. It's not new. Now, if you have, ex- you know, if you've gone out, tried to change the situation, and you can just say, because listen, this is something that they did in Sweden, right? They did some research, they tried to change things, and they found that women didn't want to go into a particular field of science. I mean, not. Not all women, but just not in great numbers. So if if you've you know tried a load of things and you're just like, yeah, I, we just don't know why, but we just aren't getting any interest from minorities or women. Fine, that's fine, but it's not everyone is gonna like the same thing, right? So you're not going to get fifty fifty on. Every single thing is, you know, it's a lack of interest, right? But have you tried? Because as I said, this this isn't new information. This is shit that's been going on since the sport started. So, yeah, when I see, you know, I mean, the these, you know, grandstanding gestures, essentially. Like, come on, what are we doing here? You know what I mean? What are we doing? But yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. And if I am, hey, I am, you know, I have no issue with saying I was wrong. But I don't know. I don't know. Looks to me that this year only started this year. And I think that... That's embarrassing and it's kind of shameful. You know what I mean? Okay, so earlier in the year, you know, I think a lot of people know someone tried, well, someone didn't try, they broke into UFC fighter Anthony Smith's house. Right? Broke into his house. He was in bed with his wife, he went downstairs, and yeah, came face to face with this guy. And he was like, you know, they they tussled because he didn't know what the situation, like he didn't know if the guy had a weapon, didn't know why the guy was there, you know, Smith's got, I feel three kids, you know, so it's just like, if he can't stop him, what's going to happen to his wife and kids, you know? So he was able to subdue him until the police arrived, but he was like, yo, the guy, man, he just took everything. So that happened earlier in the year. Well, it's kind of happened again, all right? This time, not in NFL, sorry, not in UFC, but with NFL, right? So Joe Montana. The legend, San Fr- probably San Francisco, you know, 49ers greatest quarterback, right? Won the Super Bowl, brr, I don't know what, like four times? You know what I mean? I believe he's also, you know, got MVPs, just all manner of awards, right? Well, at the weekend, someone tried to steal his grandkid, insane, right, insane, his nine-month-old 
grandkid. She was at his house. She's asleep in a playpen. You know, him and his wife, you know, they're there. She's in a playpen, so she's sleeping. So obviously, you're thinking, all right, everything is cool. Let's go make a cup of tea or, you know what I mean, whatever. But they come back into the room to find a woman there holding the kid. How crazy is that? Right? How fucking crazy is that? This woman enters the house. So you kind of think, obviously a door must have been open. You know? But yeah, she entered the house and picked up. She had the kid. It wasn't like she was going for, she had the kid. Right? Had the kid. It's insane. So it it said that... um, you know, they attempted to de-escalate the situation, asked the woman to give the child back before a tussle ensued, and um, his wife was able to safely pry the child out of the suspect's arms. I mean, yeah, she's getting fucked up. <laughs> you know what I mean? She's getting fucked up. If you want equal rights, you're getting fucked up. But I think what is real crazy about this shit? I mean, there's so. I mean, listen, there's so many things. Like, what did you want the kid for? Is it child trafficking? Is it someone that has lost their child and is now just trying to find a way to fill the void? Is it just someone hopped up on? Drugs, like who fucking knows? Who knows? But this is the thing, right? She ain't a sports fan. You know what I mean, obviously, she is not a sports fan because there's gonna be more valuable shit in that house than a fucking kid. You know what I mean, what a nine year old can't do, they can't even talk, they're worthless, worthless. But I imagine Montana's got, well, he won four Super Bowls. He's got four Super Bowl rings. Firstly, that's cha-change, right? He's got four Super Bowl rings. Also, I imagine, I believe he's got a Heisman Trophy. He's got other awards. That's banks, son. You know what I mean? You would take that shit. Probably some signed memorabilia. Yo, that's what I'm going for over it. I'm stepping over that kid and looking for the, you know what I mean, the shit that's going to pay. That's what I'm doing. Or, or, the kid's the bargaining chip. You'd be like, um, you know, when it'd be like, oh, ma'am, can you, can you pass us the kid? I'm imagining that's how they talk in San Francisco. And you pass us the kid? And you'd be like, uh, well, I will, but I got some posters I would like you to kindly sign. And I throw over a bag of posters and be like, sign the posters. I think there's a few t-shirts in there too. Sign them, throw me back the bag, and you can have your grandchild back. Boom, done. 
I'm running. I'm running. Now I'm going to make bad money. Right? She ain't a sports fan. What the fuck? She deserves another slap for that. Be respectful. Be fucking respect. Know whose grandchild you're trying to steal. At least. At least, woman. What the fuck? Do your research. This is rude. Throw in an extra charge for rudeness. That's what I think they should do. Huh. But yeah, no. You know, seriously. Horrific. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see what happens with this one. But yeah, at least a kid didn't get kidnapped. You know what I mean? There is, there is that. So another win for Joe. The comeback kid. What? <laughs> Okay, so some interesting shit is going on And it looks like It looks like things Have gone in the right direction Okay, so ah, Man, earlier in the year You know, Rogan made the huge announcement That he has signed a big-ass deal with Spotify And, um, yeah like, you know, one thing that always baffled me about it, you know, like, people are just like, that's preposterous, like, no one should be making that sort of money, and when you think about it, right, look at a movie, right, if we look at a movie, and look at some of the budgets on movies, you won't need many Big tempo movies to hit 100 million. There have been some that have kind of, you know what I mean, kind of cost that much, right? So you then think about how many podcasts does he put out a week? Yeah. Think about the length of those podcasts. Now, you know, they, they, the length can range, right? But as a mean, you could say three hours. You know what I mean? So if he's putting out, say, let's just say, three podcasts a week. How do you think how many he's putting out a year? Right? So that money is peanuts when you look at it like that. If you look at it like a film, if you look at it as a studio perching a seeing a TV series, they're paying way more than a hundred million. And also they're not getting the same amount of eyes on it. Yeah, it is it's a fact. Like please people, please try and you know what I mean? Refute that Because you can't Right, so Everything works out But, so he moved over And it's like, um, yeah You know, nothing's changing Right, that's what he said And he said, look they've, uh, They asked, you know Do you want us to book guests? Do you want us to And he's just like, eh, no Right, because it's just like you you hand over control like that, and then people come so mm, we don't want them on, or we'd rather you talk to this person, and you're like, I don't really want to talk to that person. You know, so it's just like he, you know, that was part of the deal. He wants full control, and why wouldn't you? 
It's like an artist um, retaining the rights to their royalties. You know what I mean? Their songs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's the same thing. So he made the move. So in, uh, I think tomorrow, from the 1st of October, or is it November? I don't know. It's some point coming up. It's going to be exclusive to Spotify. And um, so that's the deal. Now, right? Now there's been rumblings that staff at Spotify are threatening to strike. They're threatening to strike um, over some of the guests he's had, some of the things he said on the podcast. And it's just like, when you, yeah, it's insane, it's insane, we'll get back to that point, right, so, um, yeah, what they're saying is, they, um, some of their demands, right, uh, to direct editorial oversight, <laughs> you know what I mean, these motherfuckers are like, we want direct editorial oversight, it's just, Yo, son, that's young Jamie. You feel me? You don't get that. Like, you don't get that. It's like you're making a TV series or a film and you have those executives that want to come in and go, um, oh, I think they should laugh like this or I think they'd be better in a blue hat. You know what I mean? That's all they're saying. They want they want you to make those changes. And then they will lay claim to being pivotal in the success of this thing. And it's just like you did nothing. So you know that all these little motherfuckers, right? They want to be involved and they will have on their CVs. You know what I mean? Edit the Joe Rogan podcast. You know what I mean? Control the direction of the Joe Rogan Like they'll they'll use that as a calling card They'll use it But yeah, editor Like come on They also want the ability to directly edit Or remove sections Of upcoming interviews What? Like the interviews never get edited That's the whole point Right? It, it, it's the whole point of some, it's why it's popular, right? And, it, it, you know, it's always something that I, when I interview people, I, I tell them, you know, I'm like, listen, I'm just going to record. We're having a conversation, you know what I mean? I ain't editing. I don't edit these. So whatever we say, that goes up. So be mindful, people. Be mindful Because it needs to be a conversation It needs just to be a flow A consciousness of words that come out Right When you see these things And it'll be like So yeah um, That's why I decided to do that Now uh, in the fifth year of the And it just suddenly you get this hard cut To another And you're like Oh What What did we miss there like, it always feels like, oh, they've really just 
cherry picked these key points like what stuff did they leave out you know what i mean like sometimes it might not be anything ingenuous but you always like man i did enjoy what i heard i wish we heard the whole thing you know so that is the whole point and the success of it that it's a free-flowing conversation so you cannot take chunks out that's insane, it's insane, right, so yeah, so they're saying that, or block the uploading of episodes deemed problematic, now, what are you calling problematic, you mean, you can't do that, because what I might say, oh, that's problematic, someone else is going to be like, no, that's fine, You know, that's just interpretation, so no, and then they want to, um, you know, be able to put in trigger warnings, corrections, and references to fact-checked articles on topics that Rogan talks about on his show, like, what are you doing, what are you doing, right, because if you're saying you want to do that, Right? Are you doing that for every single thing that's on your platform? Do you know what I mean? Does the news do that? No. Nowhere else does that. Right? How many times do you, you know, there's a big debate on TV and then afterwards you'll see like loads of videos on YouTube come up and be like, we decided to to fact check the points that were made, you know, during that debate or during this or during that. It's just like, no one does it during. It's insane. And this is the thing as well, right? I might say something today that next week is shown to be wrong but when i said it it was right you feel me like i think the pandemic is a a clear hearing reference point to that because the things that we were told at the very beginning in march drastically have changed now like, there was a thing like, the, you know, the germ can stay active for, you know, f- months on a surface, which now they're saying, yeah, that's wrong. <laughs> you know, they were saying, like, it will linger in the air for this amount of hours. Now they're saying, yeah, that's wrong. Like, no one's going back to those first few interviews and going, all of this is wrong or taking it down or... No, no one's like, who didn't even come out and go, yeah, what we said the other day is wrong. No, they just come out a few days later and go, okay, these are our new findings. That's what they do. So what the fuck are they trying? Like the news doesn't, every time they talk to someone, they go, um, okay, so uh, if you look at the bottom of the screen, you'll see the name of the journal that that person has just mentioned when they talked about the research, they don't do that, you can't try and go, you have to live to these standards, even though no one else is, you, you no, that's not how this works, it's not how it works, right, and, um, 
so this is the this is the interesting thing, right? Um, now for me, okay, the CEO of Spotify, Daniel Ek, I think that's how you say it. You know, he um he you know he said that they've had multiple meetings about you know Rogan essentially uh and like supposedly people are saying he said a lot of transphobic comments and content on the podcast which is a lie <laughs> you know what I mean it's not true this is the crazy it's not true like I've, I haven't listened to every single episode I've listened to a good few But I find it I genuinely find it interesting I don't agree with everything that's said But it's always interesting To hear different points of view You know um, But yeah It said that uh, some staff inside the company Feel alienated by Spotify's hosting of Certain the Joe Rogan Experience episodes Rich is just like, what? That's crazy. It's crazy. But this is the this is the thing I find interesting, right? Um, in the case of Joe Rogan, a total of 10 meetings have been held with various groups and individuals to hear their respective concerns. Um, and some of them want Rogan removed because of things he said in the past. Others have concerns specifically over recent episodes. Allegedly, um, yeah, and Joe Rogan and the episode in question have been reviewed extensively. The fact that we aren't changing our position doesn't mean we aren't listening. It just means we made a different judgment call. That's what Eck has said. And I like that. I like that, right? Because you cannot let these just insane staff dictate what you do. You mean they 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 saying they have issue with some of the episodes? Don't listen to the episodes then, right? If you don't like some of the guests that are on, don't listen. That is the great thing of a podcast you don't have to listen to every episode you mean it's not a sequential story so you can go that one interests me yeah i'll check that one out or nah, i don't really have any yeah i don't care about fishing so i'm not going to listen to that episode you know it, it that's the great thing about it Or you could start an episode and go I, Do you know what, that person's voice irritates me Or I, could, I just can't get engaged with this one I'm out You can do that That's the joy of it Right And this is the other thing There's things I do not like But I'm not going to tell other people Not to check it out Because A, that might interest them you know, it's why when I do the film reviews over on Echo Chamber, you know, I try and, you know, gauge it from points of view. So I'll be like, listen, this wasn't for me, but I'd imagine if you were a fan of this and this, this might speak to you, right? Because that's how it works. We don't like the same things all the time. And that's great, frankly. 
Because if we all just consumed the same stuff, if we all liked the same stuff, if we all had the same thoughts, how fucking boring would that be? Just imagine how insane would that be? No original thought, no contrasts. And there's been things that, you know, there's plenty of things that I've kind of thought. And then I've had conversations with people and I've gone, you know what? I had never seen it from that point of, that's interesting. Or I hadn't even heard that fact. That changes everything. Yeah, I, no, yeah, I changed my mind, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm down with what you're saying, because that makes way more sense, I just didn't have, I thought I had the facts, I clearly didn't, thank you, you know what I mean, it's just, that's how it should be, or, or, right, okay, look, I, I hear what you're saying, I still don't agree, but, you know, whatever. All right, should we go get that coffee? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you don't even like, well, I don't agree. We are not talking. Leave me alone. Ugh. What? What is that? What is that? And to be like, we're going on strike unless you remove this thing? You weird fucking people. You weird. Uh, like, listen, people say, like, you know, the, the problem guests are supposedly like Alex Jones, Gavin McInnes, Milo Yiannopoulos, Charles C. Johnson, Owen Benjamin, Carl Benjamin. But here's the thing. A lot of the stuff Alex Jones has said was correct. <laughs> you know what I mean? When he said that there was, you know, pedophiles... Islands, all of that Then we found Yeah, there is a kiddie island And A load of people travel to it Even royalty And ex-presidents You know what I'm saying So you might not agree With everything he said And he's even changed his minds On A lot of the things he said Right, but this is the thing, they have differing views from a lot of people Now, having them be able to talk about the things they feel You know what I mean? That's a good thing Because it, it creates conversation It creates the ability to then be able to respond with other facts That's the importance of free speech Right? Everyone claims and shouts We believe in free speech We believe But then everyone's going to shut people down Which is so baffling It's so baffling Like we could not live in these bubbles we can't, right? As a little kid, I didn't understand racism. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'd heard about it, but I'd lived in a predominantly white neighborhood. 
There was no diversity. And you kind of think, okay, when I go somewhere that's diverse, obviously, it's going to be a completely different thing. And then you go and you realise, oh, shit, there's still this craziness, right? Because it's, you know, you've been around a certain type of people, but you haven't been able to hear from other people, so you don't understand all the issues, all the problems, everything that's there. You know, and the other side of it, you know, it, you know there, was, there was a thing, right? There was a point where I'm just like, are all white people racist? What the fuck is going on? You know what I mean? Like, it can't be like this. What What is happening? Seriously, is every white person I meet racist? But I moved. And then you're, yeah, no, they're not. But if you only stay in a certain bubble, it can warp your perception. That's why it's so valuable to have different voices, to hear from different points of view. And so it's so crazy that these people want to shut down conversation. They want to take out things that they think is bad. It's just like, what? And, you know, the the supposed transphobic conversations were about a a guy that had had uh, gender reconfiguration surgery. Yeah, that doesn't sound right. But you know what I'm... Gender reassignment surgery? Like, you know the term. I feel I've misspoken the term, but you understand what I'm saying. A guy that then decided, you know what, I'm not really a guy. I don't feel comfortable as a guy. I'm going to become a woman. And became an MMA fighter, Fallon Fox. But the thing is, she was fighting other women that didn't know she used to be a man. Right, and the problems with that are muscle density, strength, lung capacity. That you, you know, people can say all the craziness they want, but there is a clear difference between men and women. There is a clear difference. That's why there is like women's tennis and men's tennis. It's not just, hey, it's a free-for-all. We all just play each other. No, because there is a clear difference. You know, serving power is, you know, a big indication on that, right? So, that was the thing. Because if you have, you know, this woman that used to be a guy competing against other women and beating the living shit out of them, that is problematic because you know there is serious damage can be done. Everyone knows about CTE, right? And you get you get certain weight classes where there's not really any knockouts, you know? But you bring a guy into that, yeah, they're gonna hit harder. So suddenly everyone's getting sparked. It it's it's dishonest 
and it's dangerous, and you should be able to say that, right, what are we doing, what are we, how, why are we trying to hide these things, that's not transphobic, that's logical thinking, so anyone that does want to say that's transphobic, you are crazy, because I guarantee if your mum or your little sister, you know what I mean, let's just say that, were beaten horrendously, and you find out that, oh, it was a guy that has just decided to be a woman, and when I say just decided, I'm not saying on a whim, you know what I mean, they were like, look, I, I just never felt like a guy, you know, I believe I'm a woman, boom, boom, boom. But now they've beaten they shit. And let's say killed. You would be p -p pissed. Right? So let's not play games. But that's what happened. It's not transphobic, people. Right? Stop. You know, yeah, people talk about dead naming. But it is also a thing when people try and claim someone is something that they clearly are not. It, it, it's, it's very damaging, it's very dangerous, because there's labels that don't go away, you know, you claim a guy's a rapist when they're not, everyone's still going to think that person's a rapist, right, you say, oh, they're homophobic, there's a lot of people that will claim they're homophobic, you know, you could lose your job, you might not be able to get another job because of that, right, that it should just be as, uh, you know what I mean, looked down upon, so let's remember that, okay, but I'm very happy that, um, you know, CEO of Spotify did this, it's like the publisher that, um, you know, wouldn't sack JK Rowling, you know, like, you staff can't that it's insane if a, a few staff feel that they can just go we're going on strike and force a company to 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 do something like that it's crazy and right now with so many people looking for work you know what just yeah fuck them fuck them. if if you if it's so bad for you if you find this so hurtful, right, go work somewhere else, you know, because there's a whole load of people that would love your job, would love it, you know what I mean, so yeah, hats off to Daniel Eck, you know, hats off to Daniel Eck, and people, remember, not every episode is for you, you can pick, you know what I mean, you can pick, Okay, remember that, people. Okay, people, so this week's Chin Check looks ahead to, uh, you know, our next big fight island extravaganza. Well, maybe not extravaganza, but it's the upcoming card, which is headlined by the bantamweight clash of Holly Holm and Irene Aldana, which, goddamn, is gonna be a fun friggin' fight. I'm Team Aldana all the way, but yeah, we're breaking down that card, people, and seeing the fact 
I got every fight right last time except one. I think we're on to something, you know? So uh, once you're done with this, go check out Chin Check. Tell your friends, leave reviews, all that good stuff. Okay, now let's get back to the show. What, what? Okay, so this week I checked out Season 2 of Criminal. Uh, you know, it, it was when it first came out um, hmm, last year, yeah, uh, I thought it was an interesting concept. You know, it was this 12-episode thing, but it was split between four countries. So you had the UK, France, Germany... And Spain, so each would get three episodes, and basically it was within the confines of an interrogation room. So we just saw, uh, you know, the the police interview a suspect, and have to try and get the information, you know, to find out if this person is guilty or innocent. Or, you know, whatever the confines of that story was. But, you know, each episode is like 40, 45 minutes. You know, we're, we're kind of told that they've got an hour in there. You know, but the episode is roughly about 45 minutes. So we're getting this, like, cat and mouse between them. So I thought it was interesting, right? But the the problem is... Once you get used to the format, the idea, the constraint, you kind of get what's happening. You know, it's like House at the beginning. You understood that, you know, they're going to find some disease, going to mix it up, and then at the very end, they're going to work it out and save today. But you knew that was going to happen every single time. You know, eventually they thought, oh, we better change it up. But, you know, there is the problem, right? So the show is created uh, by George Kay and Jim Field Smith, who, um, you know, they they both wrote and directed it. You know? And it was starring as our detectives, Catherine Kelly, as in Texas, Natalie Hobbs, you had Lee, Lee Ingleby as Tony Myskoff, um, Roshinda Sandow as Detective Constable Vanessa Warren, you know, Shabam Sarif as Detective Constable Kyle Petit, and Mark Stanley as Detective Constable Hugo Duffy, who, um, yeah, was only in one episode this season, so he was in the main cast last season, but got he liked his alcohol, so he, um, yeah, got sacked, so, like, the first season had three episodes, this time we had four, you know, and it started off with, um, Sophie Okendo, uh, she was playing a Julia Bryce, so we had that. The next episode had Kit Harrington play a guy called Alex. Then we had Sharon Horrigan 
as Danielle Dunn, and then we ended with Canal Naya as Sandeep Singh. And um, it was interesting, right? It was interesting. So the first one, they they played it differently, right? So it's on a Sunday, and you had uh, yeah, one of the constables, right? Um. Vanessa Warren interviewing uh, Julia to get just kind of tie things up because her husband was in jail for murdering um, a boy and they thought that he'd killed another one. So she they were talking to her to try and, you know, see if she had any new evidence or anything like that. So I think it had been a year after the incident so basically you know she was married to a guy he's a teacher a lecturer and um he'd had affairs with the students and then he'd killed the students and so you know this is going on and you know you know the constable's consoling her and she's upset and everything like that but this is the thing, right? Because you understand the show, you understand that, oh, she's in there for a while. So then you realise that, okay, yeah, this isn't what they want you to think it is, right? There's more to it. So as, you know, as the thing goes on, yeah, stuff comes out and blah, blah, blah. And it's not bad. Like, it's not bad. I think if if you come into season two without seeing season one, it might catch you off guard more. But once you've seen, you know, three of these episodes, you kind of know what's coming, right? So then the second episode, second episode was interesting. Because you've got a guy, this is the Kit Harrison one, uh, who's been accused of rape, right? So, you know, uh, essentially he slept with this woman who he, you know, worked for him. And like a week later, that's when he's getting accused of rape. And he's just like, you know, I don't understand what's going on. Now, they, it, it, it's getting played like he's a bit of an arsehole. Right, he's a bit of an arsehole, and um, yeah, you understand. Look, this is all intentional, right? Because you're meant to not like him, you're meant to think in a certain way, right? But everything is, you know, they're they're treat they're basically they're saying, look, we don't believe you. We think you raped this woman. And everyone is acting in this way. Now, the the crazy thing about it all is you kind of, firstly, you wonder, wait, does this solicitor actually talk to them, right? And it's kind of crazy because you're just like, surely there's certain things a solicitor would say to you before this process would go, right? Because... Certain things are happening, and you realize, like, and you kind of understand. And I think when you've seen a lot of police stuff, you understand 
the games that are played. Like if someone comes in with a folder and it's real fat, it might not actually be anything, right? But, you know, they're trying to sell you that we've got loads of evidence. And there's a bit where the solicitor kind of breaks this down to him. And you kind of think, well, she surely she would have told him all of this beforehand. But she breaks it down to him. But she does it in the interrogation room. You know, she's asked for a, a, a time to speak to him. But does it in the room, even knowing that everyone can hear her. And it's just the interaction. Now, you get, like, listen, I understand. The interaction is done in a way because it's meant to kind of ping on your heartstrings and all of this. But it's super unprofessional. But you've got a solicitor nearly in tears. So, essentially, what you're kind of... Uh, 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 ascertaining from it is that the solicitor has either been raped herself, been attacked, or maybe knows someone, maybe a daughter, a friend, you know, a relative who has had this done to them, right, so you get this kind of thing, but she's, you know, nearly in tears telling him, like, basically telling him what's what. So we get all of this, but at the end, right, and this is the thing that I thought was, huh, because, right, new kind of evidence comes in, like, important evidence, and so the case goes in a certain direction, right, but Firstly, he's treated like, oh, we still think you did it, right? But they don't then, what would have made more sense was to then another episode show the follow-up, right? But they don't do that. And you're kind of like, the evidence that comes in is very friggin' important, it's really important. And also, I feel from the reaction, you kind of ascertain that, oh, right, okay. Now, this plays very well into the next episode, episode three, that you know, has Sharon Horrigan. Because, so she's playing someone who, you know, is part of one of these groups that, you know, um, try, try and entrap pedophiles, right, and so we have this, but I thought what was really interesting was, like, we have these bits in the background, so mainly it's in the interrogation room, but there are kind of, there's there's some scenes that are in the room connected with all the cameras in, there's some, there's a few bits that are in the corridor, but it's mainly in the interrogation, but they're in the camera room, and they're all talking, like, oh, we could pretend that this thing had happened, right, oh, we could pretend that this, and, like, one person's just like, no, we can't lie, right, otherwise we're as bad as her, and you've got this other person going, oh, but they're wrecking people's lives, and they're doing all of this, and it's bad, and it's rah, 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 rah. and I'm just like, okay, Right, I get it, 
I get that you might have, you know, this thought, but firstly, you're meant to be police, so you shouldn't, right, but also, you didn't have, you didn't show any of this in the last episode, right, which is just as bad, because you're saying she could be destroying people's lives, but we have a same situation that happened in the previous episode, but we had none of that, and I thought that's in. It's interesting that you didn't want to show that, right? You didn't want to have any of those discussions, even though the storyline put out a certain understanding, and it's something that look everyone gets, right? Not all rape is rape. Right? Sometimes people lie. But they didn't want to show anyone going, you know, we need to do this. Or that's bad, what just happened. Like, that, that guy's life has been destroyed. You know, they didn't want to show any of that. And it's just like, huh? Why wouldn't you do that? Because it's not kind of like... I, you you get it's this whole bleeding heart bullshit like you know believe all women right which is just like listen understand if, if someone ha- is saying they've been raped that definitely is something that needs to be taken seriously but we've also you know we we also know people lie about this so the impact that is had on people's lives from those lies, right? Because, look, there's not retractions. If you've been arrested, everyone still thinks you've been arrested. So once you're, you're free, it's still like, oh, how did he get away with it, right? How is that? And it's just like, that's a huge thing. But the story, they didn't want to show any of this, like, kind of talk about any of that, consider it, but they're happy to do it when it's paedophilia. And, and you're just like, huh, interesting. Because, you know, everyone believes paedophilia is evil and wrong, which it is. But you're fine to show a different side of that argument, right? When it comes to accusing people, but not when it pertains to rape or false rape allegations. And I just thought that's an interesting one, you know? And I I, I thought it was kind of sloppy storytelling, you know? That you're not trying to just show everything, right? But, um, yeah, it's not a bad episode. You know, it shows things. So the last episode, uh, which was, um, you know, so this one. Ooh, yeah, this is a crazy one. And this starred Kanil Naya as a guy that's in jail. So it's in jail and they're questioning him because they believe that maybe he committed another murder before he was arrested. Um, because a picture had turned up and it shows a connection with someone. 
So all of this stuff plays out. And... Yeah, this stuff happens. And so then they start to talk to him about another case. Right? Which... Yeah. He's all... Oh, yeah, I'm happy to talk about that one. So they bring in another detective who was part of that case. Who was Hugo from season one. Who had been sacked. For drinking. And it's just like... Oh, yeah, it's it's interesting... Right, but it kind of needed more time to properly play out, right? So, because you've only got 45 minutes to play with, right, the story it all kind of falls together pretty neatly, right? All falls together pretty neatly and comes together like it all ends with a kind of a bow on top. And it's just like, ah, oh, that's so good. Like, it was just like, ah, oh, interesting, but way too convenient, right? Just way too convenient and just simple in the execution, right? It's something that could have been real tense and crazy, but yeah, always just a bit like, huh, oh, really? Really? You know what I mean? And, um, so, yeah, that was a bit, and then, ugh, with the extra conclusion to the story as well, it was just a bit much, was a bit much, right, and and this is the kind of issue with Criminal, the interrogation stuff is interesting, but, because, again, time constraints, all the stuff and there's not a lot of it, but the scenes outside. So the interplay between the detectives when they're off the case, it's all a bit trite, right? It, there's no real character or depth to anyone. It's like they try and play this thread that was in season one to this one about two two of them that might fancy each other. And you just don't care. Ugh. Like, it gets brought up briefly in the first episode. And there's a kind of a conclusion to it in the last episode. But that's it. Only, like, probably ten seconds. You know? For this thing. And it's just a bit, like... It's kind of pointless. Right? All all the stuff. It's just... Pointless interplay, you know, that does nothing, it's flat, it adds no depth to the characters, you don't care, like, you just don't care about any of them outside of the interrogation, which is a shame, but if you've only got this amount of episodes and a certain time, that's what's going to happen. Right, so you either add an extra episode where you, which is more about the, the the detectives and stuff. You know, you maybe a brief little case bit, but that's it. Otherwise, just don't bother. Right, just don't bother. But I don't know. 
it, it's season two is fine, but you've lost the impact, right? Because you understand the format. Yeah, and I think if they do a season three, they really need to change things up a bit. You know, because you you can't. I just don't think you can do a show like this for a long period of time without changing your approach, because it's all a bit just too transparent. You know, but. Listen, this is the thing. If you enjoy police shows, which are all a little transparent and see-through, you know, the big ones anyway. You know, stuff like CSI and, you know, Murder, She Road and Miss Marple. Like, you you get what's going to happen. I guess Miss Marple is, um, yeah, Miss Marple and Poro would say are different. But, like, the modern day kind of shit. Right? Yeah. If you like all of that, you'll love this, right? This will be your kind of thing. Uh, so, yeah, check it out. And, as I said, look, there's the the other ones as well, the French, German, and Spain, um, which are in those native languages, but I think that, you know, there is, there is subtitling. So if you can't speak them, you can do that. So, yeah, it's criminal and it's on Netflix, people. So um, if it sounds like your thing, go check it out. Okay, let's move on. Okay, so this week, god damn it, people, I finally um, well, no, I would say because my intention at first. Was to, um, yeah, was to check out Who Fears Death. But I then realized it was a prequel, right? So I was like, oh, should I do that first? Like, what's the best order? And then I found it, it, it doesn't hurt, right? So I figured, you know, I'll start with the prequel. So this week, people, I looked at the Book of Phoenix. So this is from Ndeke Ukafora. And, uh, oh my god. Uh, this book is so good. <laughs> so good. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It had tr- just a tremendous narration from uh, Robin Mills. Uh, and that really helped bring the book alive. But um, if you don't know, the gist is this, right? So, a fiery spirit dances from the pages of the great book she brings the aroma of scorched sand and ozone she has a story to tell the book of phoenix is a unique work of magical futurism a prequel to the highly acclaimed world fantasy award winning novel who fears death which is uh, getting turned into a hbo series so, uh, that's something to look forward to. It features the rise of another of N- Nde Okafora's 
powerful, memorable, superhuman women. Phoenix was grown and raised among other generic experiments in New York's Tower 7. She is an accelerated woman, only two years old, but with the body and mind of an adult. Phoenix's abilities far exceed those of a normal human, still innocent and inexperienced in the ways of the world. She is content living in her room, speed reading ebooks, running on her treadmill, and basking in the love of Saeed, another bio- biologically altered human of Tower 7. Then one evening, Saeed witnesses something so terrible that he takes his own life. Devastated by his death and Tower Seven's refusal to answer her questions, Phoenix finally begins to realise that her home is really her prison. And she becomes desperate to escape. But Phoenix's escape and her destruction of Tower Seven is just the beginning of her story. Before her story ends, Phoenix will travel from the United States to Africa and back, changing the entire course of humanity's future. So, this, I think, straight away you're just captured, right? Because we're not with Phoenix, you're we're with this old couple. And now, in my head, they're an older couple. Right, I kind of figure in their fifties, chilling, you know. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe the the age was. I can't even remember. My memory sucks at times, man. But yeah, we were with this older couple, and um, yeah, they go about their day. He stumbles upon. A cave Because I think there was a tornado or something coming So he goes for shelter Stumbles off in this cave Full of computers Now we're already in the future See this is the fascinating thing We're already In the future And The way that Is given to us Is different Right It's just this Different look Right, we're usually given This kind of uh, You know, very Shiny High tech That's the future Right, and and it's only ever Going to be that, but what we Have here, it's something Else, and it's very Intriguing, right That's the big thing So intriguing and it's not even that we get a lot, right? This is a, like a huge part of the book. This is just the intro kind of thing. But, you know, Ogavora, she's crafted this just masterful description that you're just, yeah, you're, you're on board, man. You really are. So we have this. And, yeah, he stumbles on this these computers he downloads a file right so just then suddenly you know we're in this future that's different but then we we find you know the technology right which is something that we kind of recognize 
So that aspect, but even that is still different. So he downloads something. He's not quite sure. And when he investigates what it is, that's when we get into our book of Phoenix. So again, we're still in the future, but it's not as far as what we are at the beginning, right? And that in itself still very different, but crazy interesting. And when they're talking about like the Tower 7 of the I did kind of think, oh, is this kind of a world trade situation? Like, what's happening? Because it did kind of straight away all the conspiracies around that kind of jumped to my head. And I don't know if that was an intentional thing. I don't even know. But yeah, that's what I just thought of. But we're finding out about. Uh, you know, just Phoenix, and as mentioned, she's two, <laughs> but the person that we're kind of following, the, yeah, definitely not a two-year-old, <laughs> in other respects, you know what I mean, um, but still has that naivety, so it's really just fascinating finding out about all of this, and also what we then learn you know, it is very interesting because it is that whole, you know, seeing the world through, uh, you know, a different shade, right? Because what you initially perceive to be one thing, it's only that because you have no other knowledge, right? You have no barometer to kind of assess that information, so you think that this is some just fair thing, but maybe it's not, right? So all of that, the way that plays is just fascinating, but we're in Tower 7, just the stuff in Tower 7, right? Just that, because we're we're just learning about all of these different things and the, these different understandings, just like the ebooks to the real books. What's the reasoning there? Right? Then it's just a fascinating kind of relationship with some of the other people in there. And also, they're talking about, like, you know, love. And, and it's not even love, but it's like, I think it's, you know, her perception of, which is really interesting. And, it, you know, you just think, actually, yeah. Because when you're a kid, what you kind of view as, you know, a relationship, as love, you know, as a connection, it is definitely different to, you know, when you're later in life, right? So... She's able to give us all of this, right? Just all of this, which is just great. It's compelling. You're on board. You want to know, okay, so what next for Phoenix, Han? What does she do here? Like, how is she going to go from here to here? So we're finding all of this stuff out. And, um, yeah, everything goes crazy. Uh, and it's it's with the escape, 
right, with the escape and the destruction, you then start to, and this is before we know other stuff, but you start to question some of the other things, like her perceptions of some of the people there, but you're kind of like, wait, hold on, they're saying this, but how can that be a fact if that's happening, right, so all of this is like, Hmm, I don't know about that But yeah, so we go from there Some And the story moves, right? And we then get this kind of I guess, African chapter And I say African chapter just because Because it's not like, you know it's only there for a bit We flip back and forth right But just this first part In Africa And that's just That's really Interesting Because I think You could just strip out All of the The fantasy And There is so much truth In all of that yeah, there's so much truth in everything that's happened. And, you know, just people like Sarah. Just all of these little things. You're just like, oh, oh my. That's not good. But, yeah. It, it, it just really adds to this. You know, um, the situation with the doctor. Just all of it. But you're 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 having all of this, and you're just like, wait, 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 wait. You need to move. <laughs> you can't just. What are you doing? But then you remember, she's two, right? So there is no. Oh, I better do this because if I don't, then that leads to that. And I think that's one of the great things that is in play here. Because when you have characters that are, you know, so strong and have just all of these crazy abilities and everything like that, you just, you start to scratch your head, right, and go, well, how do they lose? You know, how would they get beaten? This doesn't make any sense. It's one of the things, you know, I don't really like Superman. Right, because you just think, okay, but if he can fly faster than a speeding bullet, he's got X-ray vision. He's bulletproof. He, he's smart. Like he's got, he can run fast. All of these things and others. So, how does he lose? It doesn't make any sense. So then, you know, having this thing with Phoenix that. Yeah, she's young and naive. So you can be like, oh yeah. So there's no understanding around this stuff. And then even when the understanding comes, there will then be recklessness. Because, you know, when you're young, you're just like, oh, I can do anything and I'm fearless. You know, or, well, that won't happen to me. <laughs> you know, you do there's all that bravado and just recklessness. So we get all of that with 
in Which then it helps the story not only just move forward Right, but you connect even more with the character Even though as she's evolving and changing You should feel more alienated from her But because she has all of these You know, just I guess traits that you would have had as a kid As a teenager You know, as you're growing You can be like Oh yeah, no, I get that I definitely get that Like, especially You know, with, like, the kiss And just things like that Right, but you're just like Wait, 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 wait This ain't the time for that But you're just like Oh yeah, obviously <laughs> You mean When you've just done that Yeah You're not thinking about other stuff You'd be like, alright, what's next? Okay <laughs> What's next? Where are we taking this shit? Right? So you're just like, oh shit That makes sense Yes And so it, it's just this fascinating story And I like the fact that You know, to take us to a next bit Right? There's not just this Hmm, I'd be like, a lot of times you read books and it's like, deuce machina effect You know, at the last minute, this thing happens and blah, blah, blah Like the way, you know, like the, the ripping time and, you know, just things like that It all, it's just not thrown out there, right? It, it's kind of like, it's a something that's perceived, but maybe not grasped upon and then there's this coyness around it all So you're just like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah No, that makes sense Okay, right Or you're just like, wait, surely you'd look at that Why aren't you looking at that? Why are you concentrating? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah Alright, now do it, now do it, now do it And you're really there You, you are just so infested in this story It is great I just really liked it and you know, you have this, uh, you know, because you're just like, okay, where do they go? So, just these kind of faults like destroy towers, right? You'd be like, yeah, obviously. Or, well, I need to visit her. And you're like, okay, yeah, no, I get that. I get that, yeah. Why wouldn't you? Right, so everything that happens, you are just fascinated with, right? And like even the end, the end is crazy. I the end is crazy because there is still stuff that you think, whoa, 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 but why don't you? Or surely you would, but then you just remember like she's two. <laughs> Of course, right? Of course. But you you do feel like whoa 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 no 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 we can't just end there. Like what else? Yo, what else? Come on. What are you doing? So yeah, it's just like what? 
uh, and you jump back to like the beginning and so we're following that which again it, you have this fascinating kind of thought behind all of that and especially within the choices we see that are made right because you're just like whoa 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 so you are going to rewrite that book but you're going to keep with this thought of uh downtroddenness like why like where did you see that that's crazy that's fascinating and you just want to know okay so what's going on here like what so it's great because i really want to get to the next book now i really want to do who fears death because i'm so intrigued right so freaking intrigued that yeah i i just want to continue this ride even though i i do believe that the book of phoenix is set a long time before who fears death so now there's that fact like how are they connecting these right what's gonna what's the transition gonna be like there is a still answers and i yeah i want to find out because yo the book of phoenix is very good very freaking good and I am definitely intrigued to see, like, the TV series, you know? Even though that's following the main book, right? Are they going to have flashbacks to this? Or will this be an, a, a side project if that's successful? I know, I'm intrigued by it all. But, yeah, definitely, definitely check out... Uh, you know, Anedi Okorafor's uh, book because she is just an incredible writer. There's a great writer, and Robin Mills, you know, yeah, she does a great job with the narration. So, the Book of Phoenix people, go get you some. Okay, people, so as we draw to a close on another episode, let's go and see what's happening in the world of TV. Oh, nice little rhymey. Let's go. Okay, so fans of um, Real Time with Bill Meyer, you will be pleased to know that HBO have renewed him. You know, all the way through to his 20th season. 20th fucking season. Crazy, right? So, yeah, all the way through to 2022. You know? Man, yeah. Maya said, um, 18 years. I can't believe I'm turning 18 at HBO. Um... 18, sorry, I can't believe I'm turning H- 18 and HBO isn't making me leave home. Thrilled to be living under their roof for another couple of years. Okay, it's a little weird that he wants to uh, make that analogy, but okay, 
Okay, Billy boy. But um, this is uh, yeah, this is kind of crazy. So the you know a fistful of dollars, right? That classic Sergio Leone spaghetti western. It's getting um, you know, it's getting remade again. Right, so we already had it spawn, uh, you know, seven samurais, right? Um, and Yo Yomi Jimo, but this time it's becoming a TV series. Yeah, a TV series. Mark Gordon Pictures is, um, you know, developing the project. They went and grabbed the rights and all of that. They've also got the rights to a film. Yeah, so who knows what, you know, if they're going to do other shit. But yeah, um, Brian Cogman, right, who um, worked on Game of Thrones, it looks like they're trying to get him to uh, do all the uh, righty business. But uh, no word yet on, you know, directors and stars and cast and all of that business. But, uh, yeah, that's going to come to our screens at some point. Hmm. Something else that kind of hit me left field. NBC are, um, yeah, it looks like they're doing a, what they did with Chris Rock. Right, they make it. Ha, I, I, you know, I it completely missed me because, right, they're making Young Rock and uh, Chris Rock, and you know, they did Young. Is it Chris? No, it was Everybody Hates Chris. That was it, wasn't it? Everybody hates. I believe that was it. But yeah, they're doing Young Rock, which uh, basically charts. Dwayne The Rock Johnson's childhood from growing up in a strong and resilient family to being surrounded by the wild characters of his professional wrestling family to playing football at University of Miami. Yup. So um, they've cast Bradley Constant to uh, play Johnston. Johnson, I don't know where the T came from, Johnson, right, uh, when he's 15, uh, Yuli Lakluk-Fu will play him um, from the ages of 18 to 20, when he had just been uh, recruited to Miami, so yeah, uh, that's kind of interesting, right, uh, we've got Stacy Lulua, um, who will be playing his mum, Atta Johnson? Uh, Joseph Lee Anderson will be playing his dad. Anna Toulouse is um, Leah Mavala. Um, that's his uh, grandmother. Yeah, and um, yeah, Johnson is of course. Uh, you know, gonna be executive producing. Uh, he's also gonna be starring in it. 
well, I mean, it is about him, so yeah, it makes sense, and he's also bringing his peoples along, I do like it when people have that core network, because it kind of shows that they're good people to work with, right, so yeah, Danny Garcia, Hiram Garcia, and Brian Gerwitz will be, uh, yeah, producing two, um, we've got uh, Nahancha Khan co-writing the pilot with Jeff Chang. Could, uh, you know, could be interesting, could be fun. So we will see. Now, here's some interesting shit, right? So um, we got word, I think it was earlier this year, that uh, along with all the other stuff that, you know, Marvel films are doing for Disney Plus. We're going to be getting a Miss Marvel TV series. And so, yeah. Now, they have announced the star. So, we're going to have Iman Velani. Yeah, she is going to be playing Miss Marvel. Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. That is crazy interesting you know um bisha k ali um is uh you know she's show running the show and um you know the story centers on kamala khan who is a pakistani american teen who lives in new jersey yeah um so yeah this is gonna be the um first Muslim hero So um, yeah that That's you know It's always nice To have someone that kind of Looks like you right So I'm sure that Yeah there's going to be a load of Muslim kids Especially girls That will look at this and be like Yes So uh, Yeah that's great man That is great And um yeah Because Marvel Studios are doing the TV show, it means that, yo, Shorty will also be included in the films too, you know what I mean, so that's awesome, it's none of that DC crazy, where you might play Batman on the TV series, but yeah, when it comes to the film, you ain't getting a look, so yeah, that's, uh, that is big, right, so, um, yeah, it's all good, man, it's all good, we're getting, um, Adil El Arbi Belao Fala, Shamin Obadi Chinoy, and Mira Menon, um, all will be directing episodes, so, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Let's see what happens. In other, you know, Disney Plus Marvel Studio news, I think this is a nice little surprise. We're getting a Nick Fury TV series, and old Sammy Boy Jackson is gonna be playing Fury in the series. So, yeah. 
Because I think there's been a lot of talk of like, ooh, is he going to be in this film? And when's he going to show up next? But yeah, we're going to see him in a TV show. Right? So, um, a lot of details are kept stum. But we know that Kyle Bradstreet will be um, starring in the series as well. Yup. Uh, so yeah That is uh, No, Carl Bradshaw is writing Sorry, my bad Being dumb again <laughs> Yes, he will write it And executive produce Ooh, uh, But yeah um, I mean, that's, that's pretty That's pretty tight, man There's some interesting shit coming You know, what's all gonna lead Into the next phase Think about it, right? Wonder Vision is gonna be hitting in Thanksgiving. We've got Falcon and Winter Soldier, um, and Loki that are set early next year. Um, we're getting She-Hulk, Hawkeye, Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, and now Fury. Times are looking good. Looking good, man. And this, we're going to end on this, people. And I am hoping, with all hope, that this is good. But um, we're getting another iteration of Conan the Barbarian. That is right. And it's coming to Netflix as a live-action TV series. <laughs> yes, people, you heard it right. Man, it's, uh, you know, Pathfinder Media are um, involved. Um, you know what I mean? Because they, I think they're controlling a lot of the Conan library, right? Which, um, yeah. Is actually set up at Netflix Which I must have missed Or just forgotten about So, you know I guess if this goes right We could see some other stuff You know what I mean? But, um, yeah We are getting a um, Conan TV series Supposedly Right? They might also do a film You know? And animated stuff but, uh, yeah, right now we're talking the TV series. Um, so, Frederick Malberg and Mark Wheeler are executive producing, you know. Um, but, yeah, not a lot of other information. But, uh, God damn it, I really hope this is good. Really hope it's good, you know. Because the last film was not <laughs> And it's weird Because it was Jason Momoa And you kind of feel If they had used the Jason Momoa from C You know what I mean? That might have been more successful But uh, yeah You know, it is what it is But yeah, looking forward to it You know, Marvel Comics also are um, putting out new Conan material uh, So um, yeah Good times people Good times But that is us for another week Alright So um, 
hey do your thing live your life and we will catch you next wednesday people so peace